In today's episode of Real People, Real God, Miso and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series. They begin the story of Moses by discussing why our relational God might have chosen to remain silent for 400 years while the nation of Israel is born. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you could join us again today. Misu, how are you doing today? Well, it okay. It's it's late, and so <laughs> we're we're on your schedule now, Lindsay. Yes. Let's just face it. Okay, yes. late means like it's after eight thirty my time. Okay, <laughs> let's clarify. Can we just clarify? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is yep. eight forty six p.m. <laughs> in my world, and and I'm ready for bed. Yeah. Listen, listen, so, everybody out there, mm-hmm. we don't have to feel bad for me, Sue, because we record yeah. these things in the morning all the time <laughs> when I'm not even surviving. So yeah. I think it's yeah. fun that we finally get to do it when you're a little bit of a sleepy mess over there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. I am a little bit of a sleepy mess. Let's just, let's just, oh, but you know what? I'm going to get excited because yeah. I, I'm really excited about this episode, this, what we're going to talk about. So yeah. We're we're into we're getting ready to start discussing the life of Moses, and I mm-hmm. am just so pumped about this lesson. I this is just really a cool lesson, something yeah. that really neither one of us had ever thought about very much until we mm-hmm. started talking about it. And so, over the next few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Moses' story, and it's it's a long story, but an important one. And so, we're gonna mm-hmm. spend a few episodes on it. Um, but just, and, and honestly, it's not just Moses we're talking about now. Remember that the uniting theme of these character studies is to discuss the, the single story of scripture. You know, we started at creation, God in perfect fellowship with the humans that he'd created in his image. And then we saw Adam and Eve, they sinned, they shattered that perfectly transparent relationship between God and man. And so now the rest of scripture is the story of how God is working to restore that perfect relationship. So Mm -hmm. now as we look at Moses during these next few episodes, we'll be asking, what is our real God doing? Which is a question that we've asked all along. What is he doing to restore that relationship? Mm -hmm. And we've always asked, okay, what are the real people doing? And, you know, what are they doing to further mess things up or which is usually what ends up happening, or what are they doing that's going to draw them nearer to God, which is what we hope we're doing. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. So as we, as we look at the life of Moses and and begin with these next few weeks, um, it's going to be some major moments in the story of God. There's a lot that happens in the life of Moses. That's really major in, in the whole story of God. Um, and and for the nation of Israel as well. So another little key point to orient us a little bit before we start talking about Moses in this section um, is now beginning with this episode. We've now moved into the book of Exodus, um, and so mm-hmm. as we're doing that, we're gonna we're gonna see our story shift a little bit. And as we we will still look at the lives of individual real people in the story of God. But what really is beginning to happen here um, is our real God starts interacting with a whole nation of real people. The nation of Israel is born and kind of the rest of the Old Testament is about the nation of Israel. So really from this point on, we're going to begin asking what our real God is doing 
and what his real people, meaning the whole nation of Israel, are doing, mm-hmm. and, and really the interaction between the two. So that's a bit of a shift, but that's really going to help us as we continue to look through the Old Testament, we think. So we'll keep yeah, that in mind so, as we go. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's dive into the story of Moses in the book of Exodus. And first, we want to review a little bit and how see how Exodus fits into the whole story of Scripture. So Remember, we've been talking about how God has been speaking to and sparing and covenanting with and protecting mm-hmm. and promising and prospering all those <laughs> men and women in Genesis. So we've made it through that whole book of Genesis. Yeah. And now we are at the beginning of Exodus and we see this very same God, but now he's been silent for almost 400 years. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay, 400 years. Yeah. Four, zero. Zero. Mm -hmm. Why would this real God who is seeking to restore fellowship with his people and and relationship be so unrelational for 400 years? What do you think? That's exactly the question. I, you know, I don't really know. That is exactly the question because we've been talking about our, our real God who wants to relate to us and reveal mm-hmm. himself to us. And that's what we saw right. doing. We saw him doing that with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. And now he's silent Nothing. for 400 years. Yeah. That that doesn't sound like a very relational thing to do. You know what it sounds like, actually? A bad relational thing to do. It sounds like giving yeah. someone the cold shoulder or giving someone the silent treatment when you're mad at them, which is not a very good relational thing to do. But But that's... That's what he seems to be doing here. So I don't know, Misu, you tell me, you tell me why you think, um, why you think our real God was being silent to his people for so many years after such, so, so much speaking to them and interacting with them. You know, here's another little blip on the screen. Not only was he silent to his people, ouch, first of Mm -hmm. all, but here's another little deal. You know, they're enduring some really serious hardship and slavery double ouch right a lot of oppression Mm -hmm. yeah but before we go judging god which is by the way a bad idea to do anyway (laughs) let's read the context surrounding his silence so we'll start with Mm -hmm. exodus 1 verses 8 through 11 and just listen to this for a little bit now there arose a new king over egypt who did not know joseph so this was a long time after Mm -hmm. joseph And he said to his people, the Egyptians, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. That's that's their big fear. That's the Egyptians' big fear. They don't want the Israelites to multiply. Mm -hmm. Because if war breaks out and they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from our land, that's when they're going to be in trouble. Therefore, Mm -hmm. they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. Hmm. Now, the very next verse tells us what happened to God's people when they were oppressed. Exodus 1.12 says, But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, the very thing Egypt was afraid of, and the more they spread abroad. So here's what happened. God was silent for 400 years. And the nation of Israel was built during that time because they were oppressed and they spread far and wide. Hmm. So I think God had a plan all along and he was just 
sitting quietly, allowing that plan to unfold. And I think it's called divine patience. He's got it. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't think I do either. And I don't, I don't even know if I have the patience for his divine patience. I mean, you, uh, yeah. you, you call it divine patience, but boy, a, a God who was so interactive sitting back um, while they're oppressed, you know, and you say he has a plan. Mm-hmm. That's hard. I, that I'm not I, sure if know, I can quite I, buy that. It's hard. <laughs> I, from from a human standpoint, it it like it sucks lemons, right? I mean, it's just That's exactly it's not right. Good. I, mm-hmm. It really is not good. No, mm-hmm. and and you know the Israelites at this point they're reaching a point of desperation. Well, I Have think you ever so. Been desperate, Lindsay. Desperate. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, like I would rather die than live. Kind of desperate. Mm. It, it's not. It's a terrifying, terrible place to be. Yeah. And I think God's real people, the Israelites as a whole, I think they were reaching that point, and that is significant mm. because back in Genesis, when we saw Jacob renamed Israel, when we saw Israel, little Israel, that one mm. man wrestling with God, that's when he found his own faith. Mm-hmm. When he wrestled through those moments of desperation during his lifetime, that's when God was able to humble him. That's when we were really, really saw God working in his life. And I, I really think that now with the nation of Israel, the big I Israel, Mm-hmm. that's what we're going to see from here on out in their story as well. This this oppression and this struggling, this wrestling with God, we're going to see the nation of Israel coming into its own. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, think the story of Jacob and God only on a larger scale. It's basically what the rest of the Old Testament is about. Mm-hmm. And And we have to remember our real God knew that his people would suffer under slavery. Remember, he told Abraham way back in Genesis 15, your descendants are going to be in bondage in a land not their own for 400 years. I mean, he had it spelled Mm -hmm. out to the exact day. Um, It it was God's plan. It was not a surprise to him. Yeah, well, I I guess that gives me a little bit of comfort, you know, just thinking about how he knew he told it. He knew it was going to happen, but boy, it just, it really does. It just sucks. It's <laughs> and it's, it you know, and, and I guess I can see also in my life, I know that in times when I've just been on the mountaintops, I haven't mm-hmm. really known the Lord very well. And it's, it's in yeah. my desperation that I've had to know him. And it's, it's kind of like when we talked about Joseph in our last episode, and we, we talked about how maybe God allowed some of his trials and afflictions um, in mm-hmm. order to turn him into the kind of man that, that God wanted him to be, as opposed to maybe how he would have turned out otherwise. And I can see that. Yeah. I can see that as true in my life as well, that that God um, God has often brought me or allowed me to come to a place of desperation so that I can know mm-hmm. him. Because on the mountaintops, I, I don't often seek him. So I don't like yeah. it, but I, I guess I get it. I think I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think he does in those times of wrestling and in, in those times of trials, he, he hones a character in us, um, mm-hmm. character traits and, and just a, a goodness in us that um, we wouldn't have otherwise. And, mm-hmm. and I think also God is giving the Israelites a choice in, in these difficulties and in these trials. And he, and he does the same with us. If everything was 
rosy all the time, we wouldn't have to worry about a choice. It would, yeah. We'd just fall into life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the case of the Israelites, they have the opportunity. They can choose God, uh, the God of their fathers. They can choose mm-hmm. the gods of Egypt, or they can choose to just plain give in to despair. Mm-hmm. And I think we have the same kinds of choices today. Um, we can choose the God that we've been taught about. We can choose the gods of this world, or we can choose to just kind of give up on life. Mm -hmm. Um, We see in a a little vignette, these Hebrew midwives in this early part of Exodus, you know, they serve as a kind of window into the nation of Israel. I think people Mm -hmm. who had the real lives, they were real people who even in the midst of this great silence from their God, they knew the right choice to make and they made it. Mm. Even even to the point of publicly disobeying Pharaoh's orders. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a conviction. And, and it, it's a deep knowledge of God that allowed them to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it's thinking about those midwives, that kind of a conviction in the midst of silence, it baffles me. Like just mm-hmm. honestly, to think of, to think of any of his people um, having much of a relationship with the real God during this time, let alone one with such bold conviction, it's really baffling to me. You know, you and I were talking a little bit about this this 400 years of silence and just trying to put some of that in perspective. So I'm I'm trying to think about maintaining a vibrant faith in God if, if all I know about him is stuff from 400 years ago, things that he did yeah. 400 years ago. And if you just think about, okay, think about this. Um, our nation was founded just a little over 200 years ago. We're a tiny mm-hmm. little young nation. What do I even know about the beginnings of my nation 200 years yeah. ago that would that I would know so vibrantly that I might hold on to it like that? Okay, now let's go a little bit further back to actually 400 years ago from now. What in the world do I know about 400 years ago? The year 1616. Do you know anything about 1616? I don't think. Um, No, nothing. Right. I don't think I know anything from back there. You know, even Uh -uh. if I narrow it down a bit, if if I look at a subculture, like within Christianity, what was happening in 1616? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. If I primarily identify as German or Russian or Italian or Spanish, what was happening in those countries in those years? I I have no Mm. idea. So to to think about maintaining some kind of vibrant faith that's 400 years old, where the last yeah. things that happened were four, I, I, I can't hardly imagine that. And then just to, to add on top of that, to think about uh, not only was it 400 years ago, but these women, these midwives and, and all of the Israelites were living in this culture where there were so many other gods being worshipped, so yeah. many other gods. And right. and they their God is largely silent. There are many other gods who are not. I mean, Technically, they are silent, but people are not silent yeah, well, about them. No. And so, you know, you just you wonder how those things were were interacting there. And the way their history was passed down, the the Israelite history was an oral kind of history. We don't have that kind of history, so it's a little bit foreign to us. But they passed down the stories of their ancestors and their gods through through quippy little songs. You know, think about think of any quippy little songs or stories like Happy learned. Birthday to You. And yeah. Okay. I have to tell you, I'm a little compulsive, Lindsay. I, I looked up happy birthday to you, like okay. how old that is. Are you ready? Yep. It was written in 1890. It's 123 years old, that song. Wow. Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star is 210 years old. Can you wow. believe it? Wow. Okay. But neither yeah. of them are 400 years old. But here's right. the thing. 
you know every word of those songs. Right. Right. We don't get a single word wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We know every word. So it's not like we're going to get those words wrong. We do we do have those words correct. Yeah. But there's a lot of other things competing for our attention. And right. those those songs get pretty stale pretty quick. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. So they have this great method of passing down their history through songs that you would forever remember yeah. the tune and the words, but I imagine after 400 years, you keep singing that right. same song and it hasn't happened anytime recently. And you start to feel mm-hmm. like it's just a, a stale and worn out old song. This is just a yeah. silly little song that we sing, but it doesn't really mean anything. And so I can imagine the people of God, the Israelites feeling that way. Like here's our history, but it's, it might just kind of be silly little songs and stories We're we're not yeah. sure that it really means anything. And in the meantime, here are all these other gods around us and how may their culture have been interacting with those gods or overlapping what yeah. you know giving themselves over to some of those gods um mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know what do you think what do you think about that what other what well, other songs and stories were they beginning to tell during these 400 years i wonder yeah i think it scripture makes it really obvious that the israelites did incorporate some of the egyptian gods into their culture i mean mm-hmm. why else would they have built a golden calf um when they were at the base of Mount Sinai, when they yeah. thought Moses was dead at the top of Mount Sinai, the first thing <laughs> they did was build a golden calf. I mean, yeah. and and that was one of the gods of Egypt. So it's very clear that Egypt was versed in the Egyptian gods. And, you know, throughout the Old Testament, we discover um, that the Israelites, their greatest sin was not that they completely turned away from God. Their sin was that they added other gods beside him. Mm-hmm. and so we see that beginning here during this 400 years of silence. So it, let's recap here. We've got the, the 400 years of silence. God's nation has been built. Mm-hmm. They're trying to preserve their stories through song and remember what he's like in the midst of this hard, yeah. harsh oppression and multiple yeah. other gods. Okay, can we That's step rough. back just a minute and say... Does this sound at all familiar to anyone listening? I mean, except for the slavery part. Yeah. Does God sometimes feel silent in our culture where Mm -hmm. we feel oppressed or going through some hard times? We're trying Mm -hmm. to remember him. We have a culture that's filled with other gods and filled with a ton of other choices that we're we're being tempted by. Mm -hmm. And what did the Israelites do? I think this is a really important thing. What did they do? They cried out. They cried out to him in their desperation. Mm -hmm. And one of the most encouraging scriptures in the Bible is Exodus 3, 7, and 8. And I love this because this is when God talks to Moses at the burning bush and he says, I have seen my people's affliction. I have heard their cries and I have come down to deliver them. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ooh. I mean, that just gives me goosebumps. You know, uh-huh. I mean, that's the part in the movie theater where you stand up and give a standing ovation. That's that is right. like, yes, <laughs> Lord, you're kicking yeah. it. Yes. Amen. You know? I mean, he, he was, and here's the thing that we just absolutely know that this silence was a plan. Mm. He was waiting for all their cries, the whole nation, 
he knew it couldn't just be one man Mm -hmm. to cry out. It had to be the whole nation Mm -hmm. because he knows that when people become desperate, they cry out. To build a nation of people who were ready to follow him wholeheartedly, he needed to have a whole nation who was crying out desperately. Yeah. So that's what he was waiting on. mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that. I love that verse that he hears them. He hears his people crying out and he hears their desperation and he comes with a plan for deliverance. Mm -hmm. He comes with a plan for deliverance. And now is where we get to talk about Moses a little bit, the guy who we originally were going to talk about. Um, And yeah, so Moses is this guy who God comes and speaks to, but on behalf of the whole, the whole nation of Israel, Um, God has chosen Moses. He had a plan all the while, and he's chosen Moses um, to be this guy who, through whom he would deliver the whole nation. So he shows up and he speaks after 400 years of silence, he speaks. He speaks to one man, Moses, but he speaks to that man in order to speak to the whole nation. Um, And the thing that he speaks to Moses after all that silence is his name. He tells Moses his name. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. And I love God's name. God has a lot of names in scripture. Okay. Yeah. You really geek out about this. This is your exciting thing. I so geek out about the name thing. and I, I even geeked out a little more this afternoon, Lynn, and I, I looked up how many names there were of God in Scripture. And like Web Bible, I think, was the name of the site. It said there were 900, over 900 wow. names and titles of God in Scripture. That's kind of incredible to me. Yeah. But this name is special. This name was the one God wanted his people to know about him. And so in Genesis, no, I'm sorry, Exodus 3, 13 through 14, he says, if he says to Moses, he says, actually, Moses is saying this to God. He says, if I go to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And so now God says to Moses, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. So Mm -hmm. most English translations kind of say, well, I am means I will be what I will be. Mm -hmm. But my Hebrew study Bible just blew my socks off with this literal translation. They say the translation is, my nature will become evident by my actions. Mm. And I, Mm. I just think that is so awesome because God was saying to Moses, okay, watch what I do and you'll learn who I am. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, you said there's 900 names for God in the Bible, 900 some names for God. Um, God had been called other things before this, before God revealed himself by this name to Moses. You know, back in Genesis, he was called a handful of different names. Uh, they mm-hmm. called him Elohim, which meant like God is creator or judge. Um, El Roy, which meant the God who sees me. That was Hagar. We talked about that. Um, El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. So really they had been giving him these names that were related to characteristics, the ways he had shown his nature through things he had done. Um, But now, yeah, it's really interesting that he gives them this one name for him for all time. And And it basically means, yeah, I'm a God who acts. I do things. And that's how I want you to know me. Watch me and you'll know me. And, and, 
this, their God is an active God and that's yeah. how he wants to be known. And that's how they were to know him from here on out as a nation, as a people, know me as a God who acts, watch what I do and you'll learn who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, so Moses has this new name. So now what does he do with it? Well, God, God expects him to do this. Exodus three fourteen through 17. He says, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to him, say to this people, Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Mm -hmm. Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has Mm -hmm. sent me to you. He's like, okay, let's be really clear about who it is. (laughs) You know, then he says, this is my name forever. Mm. And thus I am to be remembered through all generations. I mean, like forever and always, this is my name. Yeah. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of, I- okay, we're being really clear. The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittite, all those ites. <laughs> and he's going to take him to a land flowing with milk and honey. and. Yeah. What does Moses think about all that, Lindsay? Is he just you know, gang ho on this whole thing, <laughs> saying, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll go. Send me, send me." No, I mean we all know the story of Moses. He he <laughs> gives a little pushback to God, and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, I can't go back and tell them all that." Mm-hmm. And you know, I've never really been able to resonate with Moses in that very much before. But now, as we've been talking about this, I think I can see why Moses was nervous about going back oh, man. and giving yeah. this message to people. I mean. Mm-hmm. For one thing, he was hardly one of them. Um, just just knowing his history, being raised as an Egyptian and then fleeing to Midian, he, he was hardly one of them. But for another thing, he had to go back and tell them that this old God, this mm. old God from their 400-year-old stories and songs, those tired, worn-out <laughs> stories that they maybe weren't believing anymore, that God had spoken mm-hmm. with him. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those dudes who lived 400 years ago. Um, yeah. That God spoke to him. And I can just imagine, you know, if I were Moses, I would imagine people's response would be like, oh, yeah, right. That God doesn't exist. Way to go, Moses. You're a genius. Those are just silly songs. You're stupid. You know, and, and yeah. I would expect that response. And so even if our real God came to me in a burning bush with that, I would be like, well, don't expect me to convince everybody else of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but But that's what's cool is... God give you know Moses gives God some pushback and God gives him signs that he can perform for the people um so that the people will know that it is really God who's with them and I think that's that's a really cool thing that our God okay, does Okay you there. think that's really cool I think that would freak me out more I I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying Yeah okay first we have the burning bush and then we have God speaking out loud and then we have these crazy signs. I mean, he has to pick a snake up by its tail. We got leprosy on our hand. I, yeah. I'm thinking that kind that, of crazy. <laughs> it, that it's really freaky. And then you have to go convince this whole big nation that they're going to be freed from mm-hmm. slavery after 400 years. And that's yeah. like that's the most powerful nation on earth at this mm-hmm. time. And yeah, by the way, you're going to have to just talk them into it. This little nation of Israel that's been slaves right. for 400 years. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. He's like, no way. Absolutely <laughs> not. So enter big brother Aaron, who mm-hmm. our real God describes as in Exodus four fourteen. he says, oh, by the way, Aaron speaks well. 
I love that. I love that God tells <laughs> Moses that his big brother speaks well. I suppose if the creator created you to speak well and put that on your resume, that would be a pretty good endorsement. So That's pretty good. Again, God had a plan. Aaron mm-hmm. was not the second string. Aaron mm-hmm. was, he must have been practicing speaking or God would not have known he spoke well. I mean, yeah. God planned that. So yeah. I, I yeah. think that's cool. He's definitely got a plan to to use these two two very real people to give a message to his whole people about who he is. Yeah, it's really cool. So what happens when Moses and big brother Aaron go back to tell all the rest of the real people their real God's message and his new name? Do they believe him? Do they do they laugh? What what do the real people do? See, this is usually the part in the story where we're like, oh, they mess up. They really <laughs> Yeah, I know. This is usually, but they did. They believed this time. It's so cool. Exodus 4, 28 through 31. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people and the people believed. Amen. Ah, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. Oh, mm-hmm. can you just imagine that? Scene? Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Oh. It's it's amazing. I mean, this God who hasn't spoken or hasn't seemed to exist for 400 years and he speaks and the people believe. Um, mm. that's That's really amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the word that keeps coming to me is just overwhelmed. I just, I see these elders on their faces before God and just Mm. this God they thought was dead or no longer exists or no longer cared. Mm -hmm. He's, he's on their side. And so all of a sudden these wondrous stories that they've heard, they know that power, that same power is now working yeah. and going to work for them and he's this real God, oh he's real and yeah oh, he's real he's not dead yeah. it's not that he doesn't exist he's very real yeah. and he's on our side and yeah, yeah that would be Amen. a great great moment and i think i think that's where we want to wrap up our time today too and just yeah. end with a piece of encouragement from that too for any of our listeners out mm-hmm. there um, you might be feeling like god is silent in your life right now maybe there's been a long silence um, from God for you, or maybe you feel like he's never spoken to you or never showed up to you at all. Um, or maybe he just seems like a silly old God from those silly little songs that you learned as a kid. I don't know. Um, and maybe what you need to hear today is this wonderful truth that that God is real. That God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those guys way more than 400 years ago for us. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. That God, that God who did that, the I am God, the God who was also Jesus, He's real. He's real. And he sees your trouble and he hears your cry and he has plans to deliver you. And for us, his plan of deliverance has already been given us through Jesus Christ. His plan of deliverance for us has been accomplished. So I don't know. I don't know what you need to hear today or if you need that truth or or where exactly you need Jesus to speak new life into your life today and to speak to you. Um, But it's our prayer, mine and Misu's, that you would be able to feel him today and know him and hear him speak to you at the end of a long silence for you, maybe. Um, and just know that he's very real 
and that he really, really cared. So that's our hope and prayer for you. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you want to uh, make sure you don't miss any episodes of Real People, Real God, you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, or Stitcher, or listen on my Friday blog at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. The notes for each podcast are available on the blog on the date of the podcast. You can also post comments and questions on my blog site as well. If you have a question specifically for Lindsay or I, please just indicate that by name, and one of us will be glad to reply. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, and come back next time, everyone. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners.